Hi, my name is Christine Gilfillan. I'm the Associate Director at Burke's Women in Crisis. I want to welcome you to our video and podcast series called The Place You Start. And I'm really excited today because my guest is Matthew Bailey. Matthew is one of our community educators, and this is the first time on the podcast program mm -hmm. that I've interviewed people from community education. So what people may or may not know about Burke's Women in Crisis is that we provide shelter and other intervention services, but we also have a very robust, is the word I thought of, that's a good word. <laughs> prevention education program. So today in the podcast that we record the next few, we're going to talk a little bit about community education and how those programs work. So you've been with us now for... Two and a half years. Two and a half years. And yeah. you're a male. I am. Right. <laughs> I just so and, happen to be. Right. So some people may not realize that um, men also work at Burke's Women in Crisis. Mm -hmm. It's not all women. And what brought you to Burke's Women in Crisis in the first place? Well, I, I found out about the position. And, you know, at first I didn't know if I was qualified or not. Um, as a male? Or? <laughs> as a male. And um, I was looking into... Uh, the ideology of Burke's Women in Crisis and the things that you stand for and the things that you believe. And um, I kept thinking to myself, well, these are all the things that I believe too, and maybe this could give me a platform to help make the difference that I want to because I knew I wanted to make a difference, I just didn't know how. Hmm. Um, and it's really helped me to be able to do that. So that's how I ended up getting involved with BWIC. So what is it about what we believe, because it's we now, uh -huh, right? What is, is what is it about what we believe that attracted you? Well, I really don't believe in violence, like ever. Violence is never the answer. Um, and I also don't believe that people should be disempowered. Everybody should have the authority um, to do what they want to do with their own bodies, with their own lives. And another big component of that is actually the male piece. Um, I see a lot of young men who have no concept of respect and qualities of being loving and caring. And we call it the man box, <laughs> which is all the ingredients that society in general, tells us that we need to be as men, and I disagree with that wholeheartedly. So I spend a lot of my time trying to get people to see outside of the box and see how you can be masculine without being aggressive or violent or any of those things. So that's one of the prevention strategies for domestic violence and sexual assault, mm -hmm. right? Is that examination of gender roles and the boxes that we've been placed in exactly and so forth mm -hmm. so how do you think what's been the most surprising thing to you about working at the agency hmm. after two and a half years after two and a half years i think probably the most surprising thing to me is when i'm actually out there in the field doing education all of the misinformation that there is, and 
And even some of the things, the really scary things <laughs> that I hear from boys in classrooms, like I'll ask a very deliberate question like, um, Tina wears a short dress to school. Does that mean that the boys have permission to harass her? And they'll say yes. Mm. <laughs> and I have to be there to tell them that, no, that's not okay. She should, have, she should be able to wear whatever she wants. And you should be able to control yourself. And you should think of her as not an object, as a human, because she's a human just like you. We're all the same. And we shouldn't treat each other differently because of our differences. So I think that's kind of been the most surprising thing to me, just the fact that people don't know these things. Hmm. They don't know a lot of times. Right. So... And when do you think it becomes ch the most challenging to do this work that we do? Hmm. I think it becomes the most challenging when dealing with people who are set in their ways. Um, when you try to bring these messages, or even like I'll be out um, at a bar because this work never <laughs> leaves you, <laughs> and you hear grown men uh, saying sexist, racist things. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm all by myself and I have to stand up alone <laughs> in these settings and I have to gauge whether I feel safe enough to um, let them know, like, what they're saying is not okay. So I think that's kind of one of the, the biggest struggles is gauging your safety when trying to make positive changes and change people's whole perceptions. Like this stuff, for some people, it's really, it's really mind-blowing to them. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean this is wrong? I don't even understand how what I'm saying isn't okay. So then I have to <laughs> explain why it's mm -hmm. not okay. Well, so. I know as women um, in this movement, we've been... One of the pieces that's been missing for a long time are men who are standing with us mm -hmm. and willing to challenge some of these attitudes and percep perceptions out there, not only held by men, but of at least willing to challenge men because sometimes for us that can be difficult or a place that is not going to be right. safe for us to go. So I think that that's an important component of what you're doing as well. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think it's changed you? Matthew, <laughs> as a person, to well, do this work? Um, it certainly made me a better presenter, and it's helped me to think on my feet a lot more. Um, but it's also let me realize that even though at times I do feel alone, uh, I'm not alone. I'm never alone. There are people at BWIC who have the same ideals as me, and I can always confide in them when I'm having these struggles of dealing with people who don't really understand what this movement is all about. Um, and it's given me a lot more confidence and the equipment, I guess you can say, the skills, the tools to be able to stand up and make the difference that I wanted to make, that I theorized about making before, but now that I, I can actually do it, I have the vocabulary, I have the knowledge base and I can do what I 
what I wanted to do, what mm -hmm. I started off dreaming of. <laughs> so what, what excites you most going forward? Or is there something coming up that, that is really exciting to you? Or um, what's most exciting mm -hmm. going on in the work right now or coming up? I think the thing that's most exciting for me, um, and this is kind of my stock answer, but it, it's never untrue, is seeing the change in young people and seeing how, especially teenagers, uh, they're not often given the opportunity or even the safe spaces to open up and say what they truly feel. Like even 10 minutes ago, I was just doing a presentation um, and we were going through, we, we call it the power chart, and they were expressing that there's never been a space for them to really talk the way that they want to talk and express themselves the way that they want to express themselves without somebody shutting them down, you know. And I feel so lucky and blessed every single day to be able to create that safe space for them and to have them expand on their creativity because so often people are stifling it mm -hmm. and I just want to help them to expand and grow and be the amazing people that I know they can be if they're just given the right space. Space, that's all they need, is space to do it. So That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to thank you for the work that you do at Burke's Women in Crisis. Thank you. And I want to thank you for joining me on this program today and for getting mm -hmm. that message out there. So thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to The Place You Start. We have guests stopping by each week. Check in again for more stories at BerksWomenInCrisis.org. And be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter.